What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of the committee, home of college football, the podcast. Uh, some of you guys may have seen me over on Snapchat before. Uh, I've been doing the committee rankings for two years now, and we do some analysis over there as well. And now I'm excited to bring it over to the podcast world. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Gage Brown, and I'm excited to be your new favorite podcast host. Uh, the committee is going to be a little bit different, uh, a little bit of a different perspective than many other podcasts in this uh, realm because I'm actually a current student at one of college football's most prestigious schools uh, studying creative media production. Um, I'm going to let you guys try and figure out what school I attend. We'll see if any bias comes up later in the show. Uh, maybe a bit of a spoiler there. Uh, but yeah, really in this podcast, I'm going to be diving into CFB's top story, score, stats. Um, and another thing that I think is unique about me is I really like to look into um, not not just the baseline stats, the box score stats, but I like to look at advanced stats. I like to look at uh, metrics that people put out. We're going to be looking at a few uh, new metrics today. Um and we're going to be seeing what's going on in the college football world. Uh, so obviously, it is June right now. It is the off season. We still have a few more months till college fo- till college football kicks off. Um, but there's still plenty to talk about and plenty to prepare for for the season. Uh, it's going to be an exciting one. Uh, so we're going to open with some new news here. Uh, Nick Saban, Alabama's uh, longtime head coach. You may have heard of him. Uh, he just signed a three-year extension with the Crimson Tide. Uh, that's going to keep him there till 2028. Uh, yeah, so he's won six championships with Alabama, and his lowest finish since his first season is number 10. So I think uh, Saban's done quite a good job in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I don't think there's any complaints from anyone there. Um, I mean, really, he's. I, I feel like he's just going to keep coaching until he gets too old. And I doubt he'll ever leave Alabama. He's left the college game before. Uh, didn't work out for him. But uh, I think Tuscaloosa is his home now. And could he get to double-digit rings? Uh, I wouldn't count him out. Um, they have been on an insane tear. Uh, speaking of Alabama, uh, something that's been talked about in the CFB world recently is playoff expansion. So... According to Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, the playoffs could expand to eight or more teams as soon as this summer, which really shocked me because I've heard about a lot of expansion um, coming up in the near future, and I know that if they were to sign off on it, if they were to agree to do it, it wouldn't actually be for a few years. Um, So I know even if they were to agree on it this summer for an expanded playoff, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be happening for a couple of years uh, in the future. Um, most of the talk has been about 8 to 12 team playoff. Um, I think the majority of it we're seeing is 8 and 12, or 8 or 12 per se. Um, and honestly, I mean, I know everyone's for playoff expansion, I don't know. I mean, I like the playoff, but we have 
and I'm not, I don't know that's the playoffs fault. It could be more of the basis of college football today, which I think it probably is. Um, the playoff has produced a lot, a lot of bad games. I mean, we have seen many blowouts in this, not only the semifinals we've seen. Now we're running on, I'd say three straight subpar national championship games. Uh, Alabama just manhandled Ohio State this past year. Uh, we had LSU cruise over Clemson, and then we had Clemson just destroy Bama, who was apparently the greatest team of the century at that before that game. Uh, I mean, yeah, and I, I don't think that the playoff being expanded would necessarily hurt or change those outcomes I don't you know I don't know uh like if the playoff were to be held last year you would see Cincinnati being on the back end of it and you know I don't know if Cincinnati could keep up with Bama obviously they they really did they put up a great game against Georgia in the Peach Bowl uh they had a chance to win it I thought they really could have um but the the really the main reason that why I don't like this playoff talk of 8 to 12 is that what like what is that going to mean for the regular season importance and for the bowl games? And before we get into the regular season, I know that the bowl games have already apparently been diminished by the playoff. I I'm still not certain why the national stigma is that the playoffs have diminished bowl importance when the playoffs only take two teams two more teams than the BCS format out of bowl games. It went from two teams contending for the national championship to four. So I don't know why um, it, it's put such a halt on the bowl system. Obviously, there's too many bowls. Everyone can agree on that. Uh, there is ridiculous bowl. There's a Frisco Bowl in Frisco, Texas um, at, at an MLS soccer stadium with a smoothie sponsor that I don't under you know Frisco holds the FCS national championship um do they need a bowl does does Frisco appeal to a team would you say oh yeah we're going to Frisco no you don't want to go to you you want to go to you know if you're going to be in one of those bad bowls you want to be going to the beach or something you know uh so yeah I mean there's just too many bowls um but the the stigma that bowls have been reduced because of the playoffs i think is a bit of an overreaction obviously we had georgia a few years ago uh think that they deserve to make the playoffs um and you know i don't want to call them out but we're going to call them out and say uh georgia they thought they should have made it after not winning their conference um, with two losses, uh, so, yeah, sure, uh, and then they ended up losing in the Sugar Bowl to a four-loss Texas team, um, I don't care if you're not, I, 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 another thing, I don't understand how people say, oh, the players weren't motivated, the team wasn't motivated, so you're telling me you've worked all season, and you're not motivated to go win the Sugar Bowl, you're playing in the Superdome, and you don't want to win that game. You don't want to put game tape out 
for your NFL career. Like, imagine what it looks like as a prospect if you were to show up to the Sugar Bowl and put in zero effort. You'd say, I don't really want to be here. It's just the Sugar Bowl. It's not the playoff, whatever. I mean, come on. Like, there's no reason for people to act like they shouldn't be motivated for a game that big. And I, do, I, 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 I can't understand it. I don't get it. And I probably never will. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts on the playoff expansion. Uh, there will be more talk on that. And if there's more news or chatter brought up about it, uh, I'll talk about that again. I'll reference back to that. Um, at this point in time, it's still too early to tell. There hasn't been much of much movement, much, uh, talk yet. Um, I know the committee has done some meetings and they're going to do more in the future where they're going to talk just everything in general and people will say, oh yeah, so they're going to be talking about, they will talk about playoff expansion. They have meetings where they, they are, they are going to talk about it. So I think it is inevitable. It's inevitably going to happen. Um, whether it be eight or 12, uh, and either I'm not going to be mad either way because even though the playoffs have produced many blowouts, not, again, not saying that that's the fault of the expansion. Um, obviously, there's more chances for more teams to make the playoff, and there's going to be there will be upsets. It's not like there won't. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to watch it regardless. I'm going to love it regardless. Uh, and hopefully, my teams can do well in that. Uh, small hint here, uh, the school I attend is currently 0-4 in the CFP playoff. Uh, take that as you may. Um, anyways, ignoring that sad piece of, uh, sad little glimpse there. Uh, so 247 Sports, uh, recently released their 2021 talent development rankings, which, calculates how well schools turn prospects into NFL draft picks. Uh, And this is weighed upon, you know, you get more points if you turn a lower recruit into a draft pick and you get more points the higher the draft pick is. And it's based on the top 247, so 247 players in each class from the 2012 to 2016 classes. And basically 247 has released... Every school that had at least 10 top 247 players during that time is on a list of ranked from 1st to 27th in top development. Um, So we're going to go take a look at that list here now. Atop the standings uh, for the second consecutive year is Alabama. No surprise there. Uh, As we were talking about earlier, Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide have been dominating the CFB world for many years. And I think... It's honestly just absurd how how many first-round draft picks Alabama has turned out recently. I mean, it, it, Alabama seems like an unstoppable force. Um, luckily, Clemson has had to say about that a little bit at least. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to see some variation. Um, but from that time... Bama had 61 top 247 players, 65.6% of which were drafted, which was second highest 
on the percentage of players drafted. Um, but actually, Florida, who finished second in the development rating, had the highest percentage of players drafted, and they saw 69% of their 29 players get drafted. Nice. Um, and the rest of the rankings, after Alabama at one, Florida at two, go as follows. Third, you got Washington, you got Ohio State, LSU, Miami, Stanford, Oklahoma, Georgia, and finally at 10, Ole Miss. Uh, so, obviously, Washington really stands out here at number three. Uh, the Huskies saw 58.3% of their 12, only 12 top 247 players get drafted. Um, and, of course, that that uh, that is a smaller sample size. As you heard, Bama had 61 top 247 players, uh, Washington only with 12. But it's still impressive nonetheless because they still had to turn those players into draft picks. They still had a high rate of player of those players be drafted and they were able to get themselves upon the top tier schools in the country, which is really impressive. And actually, uh you may recall when the Huskies did reach the playoff in the 16-17 season, uh many of these players were present for that considering this from the 2012 to 2016 class. Uh, from the 2020, sorry, 2012 to 2016 classes. Um, so yeah, as as Washington only had 12 and were able to get up with the big boys there, that's very impressive. Uh, the rest of the top 10 averaged 34 top 247 players. So the the Huskies are definitely an outlier at 12. Um, and uh, Bama did have the most of the top 10 with 61. And the second lowest with Oklahoma at 20. Uh, unfortunately, though, with this list, uh, Washington did come out looking great here. Um, it It is nice to see them up there. Um, but what's uh, sad for many is seeing where the Texas schools rank on this list. Uh, so at the very bottom, almost... Of this list sit Texas and Texas A&M. So at 27th is Oregon. Um, but then 25th and 26th are Texas and Texas A&M. And why I think it's more disappointing for Texas and Texas A&M. Is because of of course the state of Texas itself. Being one of the best recruiting states. But one of the best uh, talent pools in the country. Um it has some of the the biggest and best players in the country yield from Texas uh and the fact that these schools are not only producing talent at a subpar rate but the fact that they're letting players get out of the state too is just uh sad to see for them so Texas who brought in 25 top 247 players only turned 28% of those players into draft picks. And similarly, uh, A&M's 23 top 247 players returned only a 26.1% draft rate. Uh, so it seems that the talent in Texas from, the, from, this, da- from this data uh, is seemingly wasted. Uh, we know Texas and Texas A&M have had some decent years recently. Um Neither have won a conference championship in a while. 
A&M left for money, and they are now in the hardest division in college football. Uh, and they have Alabama screaming down their necks every year. Um, so I hope it was worth it, Texas A&M. Uh, and drawing back to the talent, even going as far as just leaving Texas, uh, 2022's number one overall recruit, recruit quarterback Quinn Ewers uh, from South Lake Carroll in uh, the DFW Metroplex in Texas, former, former Texas Longhorn commit, uh, is one of many highly ranked Texans to leave the state following high school. Uh, he's going to be going up to Ohio State this year, uh, and a lot of buzz around him if you haven't seen lately. Um he has a terrible haircut, though, I gotta say. Uh, really pains me to see that kid waste, you know, waste his spotlight with such bad hair. Uh, moving on, though, we're not talk- We're not here to talk about Quinn Ewers uh, since he left Texas. We're here to talk about uh, who he's left in the dust, and that is Texas. So, it's... A little bit different. So as I was saying, obviously, Texas A&M is in the SEC. They have the toughest division in college football. Um, So, of course, it's going to be harder for them to crawl out of a hole uh, that they, you could say that they have been in or were in. But for Texas, being in the Big 12, uh, the Big 12 is a good conference. It's not a fantastic conference. Um, There is some good teams in it, but... Texas is expected to be atop the Big 12 every single year, and they should be winning it at a minimum to for their standards, what they expect. The Longhorns fan, the Longhorn fans, Matthew McConaughey, what they expect is to win at least two to three titles every five years in the Big 12. I think that's something that all Texas fans could agree on. They say, yeah, we could... You know, we could do that. We could turn our talent with that. Um, and they have not. They they have turned seemingly nothing with their recent talent. Uh, it's going to be their first year with their new head coach, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, so they have, a ch- you know, there's been a lot of hype about Sark, how Sark is bringing Texas back. Uh, they're buying into his, into his product. Um, and I think it's kind of funny how there's so much talk about that. Uh, like, are we forgetting that the same exact thing happened with Tom Herman about, oh, I don't know, a few years ago? And that, see how that turned out? Uh, so I'm a little skeptical on that. Uh, I mean, Sarkeesian did a great job as Alabama's OC. Um, but it's not to be forgotten that he, he even with the incredible offenses that he was able to form at Alabama it's still Alabama they have the all the talent in the world they have Nick Saban as we've previously mentioned so it's going to be interesting to see what he can do at Texas um, and will they be able to ever come back from 2015 to 2020 Texas has yielded the Big 12's best recruiting class five out of the six years 
So 2015, 16, 18, 19, and 20, from that period, Texas had the best recruiting class all those years, and the only year they didn't have the best recruiting class from that time frame was 2017 when Oklahoma had the best recruiting class in the Big 12. However, despite being the Big 12's recruiting champ five out of the past six years, Oklahoma, Texas' bitter rivals, has done something I think you could say slightly more significant in the past six years, winning six straight Big 12 championships. Um, let's, let's just take a moment, let that sink in. Uh, if you have the best recruiting class in the conference, five out of six years, and you aren't winning a conference championship in that time frame, or seem not even competing, uh, since the Big 12 uh, championship has come back, Texas was in it one year um, where they lost to Oklahoma. Um, but to to compete the way that Texas has been competing recently is sad. Um, I know the fans are mad about it. They're renovating their stadium, though. Good stuff. Uh, we'll see where that takes them. It's, it's not... I, I mean, I think it's definitely possible... If Steve Sarkeesian, he's brought in uh, good coaching staff from Alabama. If he can get backed by the boosters, if he can get everyone on his side, um, they've got a nice quarterback in Malik Murphy coming in uh, next year. Um, they have, they still have, you know, they have good recruiting. But as we've just said, will that turn into anything? We don't know. PerFootballOutsiders.com, Texas boasts the country's 25th best returning production rating. Uh, good for second in the Big 12. Um, but the problem, <laughs> the fifth highest rated returning production team, PerFootballOutsiders.com, is the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, who, not to mention, will also be returning starting quarterback Spencer Rattler. Uh, since Lincoln Riley took over the Sooners' head coaching job in 2017, he has yet to return a quarterback for a second season so far. Now with Rattler, it'll finally be his chance. He had Baker, Kyler, Jalen, and now Rattler in year four and five. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see that Oklahoma offense. Um, it's going to be interesting to see Oklahoma's season and Texas's season, and really early on is going to be nice to see because you're gonna, what you're gonna be seeing early on is you're gonna be able to try and think, hmm, how is the Oklahoma offense producing in Rattler's second year? Uh, last year it was okay; it wasn't up to Oklahoma standards. Uh, you're gonna see maybe Casey Thompson taking that job at in Texas, and or maybe. Uh, Hudson Card, and you're going to think, hmm, is Sarkeesian building something here at Texas? And then, boom, Red River showdown. They're going to clash early on in the uh, like mid okay, midseason, midseason. Um, and that's going to be a nice little gauge to see how they're doing. Um, the expectations this year, though, uh, Oklahoma would be 
shattered if they didn't reach the Big 12 championship game. Um, that is that is the expectation, and there is no other option. Uh, for Texas, I think they have a decent chance. Um, I don't. I wouldn't. I, if I was to bet money on it at this point, I would not. Um, we saw Iowa State perform strongly last season, and I think Iowa State's going to be pretty good again. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be. You know, some some people have them listed top six, top seven. Uh, I don't know if we can really count on Iowa State to produce as well as they did again uh, next year. And the Big 12 has some other decent teams. So seeing where Texas can take this first season with Sarkeesian is going to be very interesting. Um, because of how, because of the national spotlight that Texas has, because of how much money is in that program, because of how much they desperately want success, um, he's really could be seeing himself on the hot seat his whole career there. Uh, you know, if they lose a few games, uh, if they finish, I don't know, seven and five, eight and four, people are gonna say, mm, I mean. It, I mean, even if it's the first year, I, th- I think people will say, you know, after if it's an eight and four finish, they could be saying, this is who we brought in to bring us back. You know, we've we're tired of this. We're tired of going eight and four. Um, so that's that's really what I'm looking forward to seeing this season with Texas. I want to see how they perform in their first year with their new coach. Um, and then on the other hand, As I said, Oklahoma's second year with Spencer Rattler is going to be very interesting as well to see. Um, I will be at many of Oklahoma's games. uh, No no specific reason why. Um, But I think that the Big 12 will be very interesting this year. And I've got lots more to talk about on the Big 12. Lots more to talk about on Oklahoma. Um, And I can't wait for more episodes of the committee. But until then, thank you guys so much for listening to the committee, home of college football. Our first episode, the inaugural inaugural episode. Give yourself a pat on the back for being here. Um, I've had a lot of fun preparing for this and I don't have everything set up right now. There may not be, may not have some audio in the background, intro music background music uh, in and out Um, and I'm going to be working to improve and make this the most enjoyable college football listening experience there is on the internet until next time have a good one